You're listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. I just aim to keep the discussion above the average. My guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode five. Randomly speaking, that's what I'm calling this episode. I'm your host. There is no guest. It's just me and you. I got quite a few things on my mind that I want to share with you guys. Uh, it's just another opportunity for me to connect with you. Randomly speaking, there's a lot of things that go through my mind periodically. And I want to capture it today just so that, you know, if you can relate, you can definitely hit me up in the comments and let me know what your thoughts are and so forth. It's going to be an array of things that I'm going to talk about. I'm just literally sharing the random thoughts that float through my head on a regular basis. Um, and it's never the same, right? It's never the same. It's always variations of sorts. Bear with me as we go through it, but I hope you do enjoy it. You know, at the end of every episode, I try and uh, share a little bit of insight on things that's happening in the background. If it's your first time tuning in, normally we have guests come on board and share their experiences, wisdom, and um, history, their journey, and so forth. But in this episode, if this is where you're catching up with us, then I'd recommend you go back to the first four episodes and kind of catch up, you know. I'm calling it DAPS. That's just what I've been talking about uh, going forward, you know, giving people that I care about or people that I respect that I've encountered over my journey and getting them on the episodes and sharing their stories and so forth. So, you know, in in my neighborhood where I'm from, adapts is a sign of uh, respect and endearment towards the other person that you're embracing, right? You know, it's all about the roses here. We're giving people the roses before it's too late kind of thing. Um, but today's episode, I'm wanting to focus on some of the thoughts that go through my head. And I wonder if you have similar thoughts. And if you do have similar thoughts, I'd greatly appreciate it if you can actually share it with us uh, through the comments or connect with me online and on social media. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, right? Uh, we'll get the YouTube channel going sh- shortly, but um, ultimately Instagram and Twitter is where you'll find me. All right. Uh, we'll get all that information uh, as the show goes on. <clears throat> so let's get started. First and foremost, the question that I, I think about uh, that I'm noticing more and more, think about this. What happens to the voice of a man when he enters in a relationship? And I'm not talking about a dating relationship. I'm talking about a relationship that's gone beyond the dating stages. And now we're on the cusp, we're on the cusp of, uh, you know, saying that we're going to be committed. And uh, once you commit, what happens to your voice? Right? Hit me up. And let me know what happens to your voice. Because this is what I think happens. A lot of fellas get into a relationship. Let me back up. A lot of fellas start to date their partners and in the early stages you know 
this is the mentality anyway. I'm the man. I do what I want. I'm hanging out with the fellas. Go win and come back when I want. No strings. If she likes it, cool. If she doesn't, she can dip. And I'll move on to the next one. That's a young man's mentality, or should I say a young boy's mentality. But it gets interesting. Picture that individual. Now they encounter or um, discover what they think is love. And it could be lust. I don't know what love is, to be precise, but you get the picture. When they fall in love and they say to themselves, okay, I'm going to commit to this one person. For some reason, we learn early on that compromising is the key, and it's absolutely a key. Is it the key? No. Every door has got a specific key, and there is a key for compromise. But it's not the only key for everything. Because the minute fellas start compromising, they start to realize how good it can be. But with that comes the submissive side. So we realize that it gets real good when you start to compromise and you start clicking with your partner. And now you don't want any smoke. You don't want to fight. You don't want to argue. You don't want to, you know, push the wrong buttons or any of that stuff. And so what do you do? You start to say less. There's less and less bass and bravado in your voice. And before you know it, you no longer have a voice. You don't stand for much anymore. You don't represent much anymore. You're just going with the flow because you don't want a fight. And you want to keep it coasting and keep it as perfect as possible. And then you start to put a ring on it if you get to that point. And what happens? You get some of the older heads who no longer have a voice in their home, but they do have a loud tone once they step out that door. And they start to give you advice. And what do they say? Happy home, happy wife. Or is it the other way around? Happy wife, happy home? Or happy wife, happy life? It's one or the other. But think about that. What does that mean? You must sacrifice your voice in order to be happy because that would make her happy. But is that not extremely false? Because <laughs> I think the women would like to hear what you have to say about certain things. You know, so really, what happens to our voices? Why do we give it up? Why do we lose it? Do we overcompromise? I don't know. I don't know. You know, and is there a particular point in time where we surrender our voice because we feel like that might be the best thing to do? I'm all for a good fight or an argument or a debate as long as it's healthy, as long as we both can grow from it. Besides, I want to know what makes my partner tick. I want to know what she likes or doesn't like. I want to know all of that. And the only way I can find out is to push my limits. And it comes down to respect too. Does she respect me for being quiet or does she respect my opinion? It all boils down to you as the individual though, right? I got to say, if you don't have that self-respect, trust me, no woman on the planet is going to respect you more than you respect yourself. So don't lose sight of that. That's what I want to shed a little bit of light on. That's, that's just one of many, you know, when in a relationship, how do we lose our, our voice? Um, why do we give it up? And how much of it do some of us give up? And ultimately, that's a huge price that we're paying. You know, I'm just randomly speaking, but that's a huge price to be 
paying just to be able to say that you love this person or to think or believe that this person loves you the same way you love them to the extent that you're willing to give up your voice when the reality is they fell in love with you because of who you were when they met you so if they decide to leave you you can't turn around and say well i didn't change she changed well that's also a problem that you didn't grow with her so just some perspective that's all vantage point you know so i want to move on from that but let it simmer for a bit sometimes the other thoughts that i have is uh one of them is if i could sit down with my 15 year old self what would i tell myself this one's easy for me uh, but i'm curious to see how challenging it could be for so many of you fellas out there yes in case you haven't gotten the drift tonight i'm only speaking to my fellas Mind you, the ladies, you can chime in and kind of answer some of these questions for yourselves, but I'm speaking to the fellas tonight. Truth be told, first thing I'd probably say is hang in there and continue to find yourself and uh, everything will work itself out. I think the last thing I'd probably say to, to, to my 15-year-old self would be, you're going to be great one day. You're going to do great things one day. Everyone else around you doesn't know it yet. I think what worked out in my favor as a teenager was the fact that I knew who I was. At least I had a sense of who I thought I was. And I believed it to the point that I didn't let anything else interfere or sway me from that feeling. I was a floater growing up, right? I can go into any clique and do what I want to do, be myself, and not feel any ways about it. I never once conformed to a group. I would go in, do what I wanted to do, hang out, play, do whatever it is that I do, and and jump into another clique and adapt. I was just a chameleon as a kid. I didn't want to fit into one place. So, yeah, I'll tell them just continue to be yourself. Don't let anybody change how you see yourself. Don't follow the cliques, especially if it doesn't align with your moral compass. Do what feels right. Stand up for what is right and don't accept or tolerate what isn't. Use your voice wisely. Think before you speak was something that I got from some of the older folks around me, right? And one of the most powerful ones was choose your words wisely. At that time, I didn't understand what that meant. But today, the weapon is the word. The tongue is what they say is the most powerful thing. And that's true. Words are sharp and they cut deep, especially when they're used correctly or incorrectly. So I think that's what I would tell my 15 year old self. What would you tell your 15 year old self if you were able to give them any kind of advice? What would you tell them? Another thought I had was, um, I guess, more of a question. You know, what was the best thing about how my parents raised me? For me, it's really how my mother raised me and how my father didn't. So she did a great job. I give, you know, a lot of credit to the person I am to her because she molded me. It would have been nice to have a father around, but I'm grateful, forever indebted. The fact that I had a strong woman around 
because having a father around or a dad around who wasn't strong wouldn't have helped me. And it's definitely not equivalent to having one strong woman around, you know. I think, but the best thing was she led by example. Um, she was a model parent, you know. Um, she made changes, sacrifices, you know, did everything she needed to just so we had better. She made sure that everything we had was above the average so we would never look elsewhere to supplement what we were missing. So, and obviously the discipline, the discipline was definitely intense, but I don't regret it. I mean, in today's society, it would be a debate as to whether it was warranted or to what degree and so forth. But listen, if it didn't happen the way it, it, it happened, you and I wouldn't be talking about it today. You feel me? So forever grateful. What would you say the best thing was about the way your parents raised you? Right. Think about that. I mean, these are things that we, we don't necessarily think about on a regular basis. Most of us, but. I do. I think about it because I think it's great and it's healthy to reflect on where you came from, how you got where you are today, and don't lose sight of it. Right? I think that will just make you a better human. You'll have more compassion and empathy towards others. And I think you'll be more relatable to others when you allow yourself to reflect on where your humble beginnings. I think that's important to remember those moments so you can appreciate the present time right just a reminder folks i'm just randomly speaking this episode five on the daps show right just randomly speaking some random thoughts that pop through my head is what i'm sharing with you guys today okay um what was the best mistake that i've ever made that turned out to be really good i had a had a really good conversation with an old friend not too long ago. And I think one of my biggest mistakes was, mind you, in hindsight, it wasn't a mistake, but to others it might have been. Not going directly to college or university after high school. I tried, but it didn't work out. First month, I dropped out and um, I took the year off. And in that moment, the people that I cared about, which is basically one person, which was my mother at the time, um, wanted me to get into a particular industry and that wasn't what I wanted to do. And I was still chasing my childhood dream, right? And so that wouldn't necessarily be my mistake. My mistake was I went to school eventually for uh, animation and that was frowned upon, to be honest. But what inspired me and kept me going was because this was something I wanted for me. So I pursued it. I worked a couple of jobs, paid off my tuition. Uh, but because I dropped out the first time I attempted to go to school, you know, I had some money I got to pay back to the government for OSAP and, and whatnot. But other than that, so I completed my, my three-year program. Then the mistake came when I chose, again, I repeat, I chose not to pr- pursue the industry of animation. I chose not to. And I knew that from year one. You know, some of my classmates thought I was crazy, but I had a vision for myself and I think I didn't want to alter that and I stuck to it. I also did a lot of research. Right? So the mistake 
again, I'm describing is or identifying is that I chose not to go into the industry. I just spent three years studying and I could have, but I chose not to. Why? Because my vision for myself was actually a vision that involved me having a family. And because I valued that more than just a career, I knew if I followed the career path and tried to have the family, I would lose my ultimate vision of having a family. Because that career is not designed for anyone really with a family. Why? Because you're living on contract to contract and you have to be away from your family hours on in. Even if you got a contract in the same city as your family, you will not be at home for 18, 19, 20 hours of your day. And that to me was a hefty price to pay for a job. So the best mistake I made, I guess, was not following that path, right? What would you say would be your best mistake? Sometimes you got to go left just to end up where you want to be, right? But what would you describe as your best mistake that turned out to be your blessings? Again, share that with us. I'm just randomly speaking. So what's the, one of the thoughts, I guess I read this somewhere too, but it's been something that flows through my head is, uh, what's the last book that I read that I couldn't put down? And I think, um, it was a fun book. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's called, uh, See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar. It's a simple book, but extremely powerful. Uh, the message is clear, you know. You got to work for what you want. You got to believe in what you want. You got to believe it more than anybody else on the planet. It starts with you. It's not an external force that prevents you from doing what you want to do. That's the message that I got from that book. And uh, I love it. I live it. I breathe it. I can't make excuses. Right? We've all been handed a, a set of cards in this game of life to play. Sometimes we feel the need to fold, thinking we're going to get a new set, but that set never comes. So my advice to you is if you got a deck or a set of cards that have been dealt to you, play it the best possible way you can. That's your hand. You got to play your hand until you can't play anymore. But don't turn in those cards. You may not get another set. Don't forget that. You may not get another set. So use your head. Think Believe in yourself. Don't wait for others to believe in you. And play your hand to the best of your abilities. And if your abilities aren't up to par, then the next best thing you can do for yourself is educate yourself. If you don't educate yourself in order to know the value in the cards that you are dealt, you stand not a single chance in surviving this game. I'm talking about life. So. I'll see you at the top. Share in the comments again what it's um what's the last book that you read that you couldn't put down. Right? And I like this because now we're building a resource. You see how this is going? If everybody shares a book they couldn't put down, now we've just created a digital library for anybody listening, anybody following to actually go in and educate themselves. What better way to empower other people than to share what you've experienced, your knowledge, right? So we would definitely appreciate it if you can actually share 
some book titles and authors, um, you know, with us. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me, Derek Asante, uh, underscore, on uh, Instagram and, uh, you know, on Twitter. And, you know, share some of those book titles. We'd love to hear which books you've read. Um, and then, you know, if there are a few of them that I haven't read myself, I'll definitely grab them, read them, and, you know, do some reviews in later episodes and share that. Heck, I might even pick some of those books up and actually give them as uh, giveaways, right? So please don't hesitate. Don't be shy about it. Share any book that's had an impact on you, uh, whether recently or in the past. All right. Um, this one is actually for all my parents out there, all the parents, all the fathers, mothers, anybody who's taking care of um, somebody. The thought of whether or not you're doing a good job at it, right? So I, I wonder, am I doing a good job raising my kids? I don't know. It's not for me to judge. I can't judge now because they're so young. I can only judge based on the, the adults or the people they become once they have a mind to assess things on their own and make their own decisions. I would like to think I'm doing a good job. Some days I feel like I'm losing the battle. But there are other days where I feel like, you know what, I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of me, so proud of my wife, you know, so I wonder, I wonder sometimes, and I'm sure there are plenty of parents out there who have these moments where they wonder if uh, they're doing a good, good enough job raising their, their children, right? But again, others can look from the outside in and judge all we want, all they want, but they don't know unless you have kids of your own you can never really understand, right? The truth of the matter is that there is no manual. There's no manual script on parenting. You take a little bit of this, you take a little bit of that. It's a jambalaya out here, man. We're just making a potluck and mixing things up and see if we can get the best flavor out of it. <laughs> That's what it is. That's parenting. But the best part about parenting is that if you allow yourself, your kids will help you grow. If you allow yourself and you allow your kids to have a voice in your home, they will help you grow as an individual and make you a better person, a better parent, better companion, all of that. They will also be a great reminder of the things that you have forgotten or lost sight of. Because when you get older, we get introduced to what's called reality. But when you have children, they remind you of what dreams look like. And everybody needs a good dream here and there. And if you find a really good one, you better hang on to it and bring it to life. So let your kids teach you. Allow yourself to learn from them. And I think you'll do a good job raising them. A wise man told me and reminds me on a daily basis that we have two ears because we need to do what more? We need to listen more than we speak because we only have one mouth. I don't know if it's his quote, but the way he, he reiterates it on a regular basis, it might as well be his because clearly he lives by that. And I must say he's a great listener. So those are the people that you want to surround yourself with. But am I doing a good job raising them? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when they're old enough and um, if they, you know, took heed to all the lessons that I'm I'm trying to pass on and everything else. 
So we'll see. Don't judge yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself, by the way, parents out there listening to this. There is no book. There's no scholar, teacher. There's no psychiatrist that's going to grade you and and determine whether or not you're a great parent or not. But do the best you can. Do the best you can. Right? So that you can give them the best opportunity. So that you can, you know, set them up to be able to maximize the cards that they will be dealt. Okay? I hope that helps, right? For the fellas who may not necessarily have access to their children and, and so forth because of circumstances with the, uh, the other spouse. Work hard on it. Make amends. Bridge that gap. It's not about you two adults. It's about the children who fell victim in between. Right? The fallout is between the two adults, but it's usually the kids that pay for it. So, fellas, man up. If you can, if it's a healthy situation or a potential to be a healthy situation, you know, again, I'm no expert. I'm just randomly speaking out here. Okay? I'm hoping. I'm hopeful, right? If you can, reach out and see what happens. That's that's the least you can do, right? Don't turn your back on your kids. That's all I'm saying. We're moving on because I'm randomly speaking, as I said. This one is very interesting. But this is almost like an elephant in a lot of relationships. Um, whether you're dating, you know, whether you're courting somebody to be more serious, whether you're engaged, whether you're married, right? Or, or whether you're a common law. It doesn't matter what your situation is. The question is, how much money do you need to have in the bank? Maybe not in the bank, but how much money do you need? To have, to feel like you can sustain the lifestyle that you have. Again, I want to direct this to the males, the men, the fellas. Because we are often raised to believe we are the breadwinners. We are the hunters. We are the ones to go out and bring food home. I got news for y'all. Things done changed. (laughs) In a lot of situations... The women are going out to do the hunting and bringing the food back home. So when they say, who's the king of the jungle? It definitely isn't the lion. If that lion ain't eating, he ain't no king. It's the lioness. That's the better hunter. They are the wiser ones. So if you have a strong woman beside you who makes more than you, You better embrace, respect that individual. And then you got to check your ego and your pride. Because if you starve, your ego starves. If you starve, your pride starves. But if you're able to put them at bay and respect the person you are, knowing you're doing everything you possibly can to contribute to this relationship, and you let that woman thrive in what she's great at, That only makes you the best man possible. Don't ever stifle your partner's dreams. That goes both ways. If she's great at something and you're just getting your footing or you're not as good as she is in whatever area she's, you know, thriving in. You better support her. Because the minute you try and cut her legs from underneath her because your ego and pride are bruised, you might as well tie yourself to a sinking ship. Yeah. Yeah. Better known as the Titanic, you're going down with her. 
Okay. Top of that, you definitely don't want a scorned woman by your side either. It ain't healthy. Nothing healthy about that. You know, so how much money do you actually need? I can't say. I don't have a direct number for that. But what I can say is love, respect yourself as well as the woman by your side. And if she's making more money than you, acknowledge that, respect it. And love her even more. Praise her. Let her know she's doing a great job. But make sure you carry your weight. Can't be a, a deadbeat. Can't be the anchor holding her back. If she's ambitious and you're not, you better start finding what the ambition means. You need to find that and get some of that in you. You need to tap into her energy and say, baby. How do I get to be like you? Allow yourself to learn. That's where growth lies. But if you let the pride and ego step in, that's when you die. Slowly but surely. So, again, if you think you need a certain amount of money in there to catch a certain person or partner, again, throw that in the comments. We'd love to, love to have a discussion with you. But you already know where I stand. Money ain't a thing, it's just a tool. We gotta learn to use it. And if you got a beautiful thing going with your lady or your partner, dive in there and make it work, right? Make it work. I'm just randomly speaking. I wanna get a little bit more personal with this, this next one now, this thought. What was the most agonizing moment or hour in my life? Again, Feel free to share if, you, if you're open and you're comfortable with your story. I'm open to hear everything and everything else. It's always amazing to me to hear people's experiences and how humbling it can be because you think yours might be humbling and then you hear another person's story and you're like, wow, that's incredible. That's a hero right there. That's a super, superhero right there. But um, for me, it was um, years back. I mean, many years back when you know, my mom suffered uh, internal bleeding. She was rushed to the emergency. And when I got the call that had they not got there in a minute or more than the time they arrived, she wouldn't be around. That thought alone haunted me for a week straight. I mean, consistently, like I didn't go to work I didn't go to school. I literally stayed at home and just kind of processed every possible scenario of my existence without this woman in it. And I couldn't see it. I honestly couldn't see it. You know, so um, that made me realize how essential my mother was to me and still is. It also made me recognize her significance in my existence. Because when you're a kid, you don't you don't appreciate those things. And you often look at your parents like, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be here. They were here before I came. They're going to be here because they've been here. Until you get that close call, those moments, and it kind of shakes your world up. It makes you wake up and sometimes grow up faster than you want to. Um, I think it just allowed me to love her more and harder. 
and appreciate her more than I did before because I recognize how how quickly and how easily I could lose her you know um, but on that note I want to put it out there that if you got real close people friends that you cherish loved ones and things like that reach out to them one of my favorite artists uh, Royce the 5'9 had a great song um, and one of my favorites to this day since he released that album and it's called you know check on your your strong friends and it's true I believe that we don't check in on our strong friends because we feel like nah they got it together their life is okay you know everything's fine nothing can go wrong but we need to check in on them especially now if we didn't before you gotta do it now right before it's too late you feel me and this one bothers me a little bit because of two reasons I have a boatloads of acquaintances but not too many friends and I appreciate and love that and of those friends I like to say the right ones are the ones that often check in with me or I check in with and they know who they are salute love and respect always especially when you know you got relationships that are timeless I love y'all right so that was in a moment that I experienced with my mother a close call uh, so I'm grateful that she's still around with, with us today and uh, you know hope that she remains healthy and stays with us for a long time but did you have any close calls um, any agonizing moments whether it happened to you personally or to a loved one that you you have um, please do share that right we'd love to hear that you know because we're never alone in anything right we're all connected somehow you know um, let me lighten the mood a little bit now only got a few more to get through random thoughts right randomly speaking what was something that I learned later in life that I wish I had learned sooner this one's easy and I think a lot of you can relate to this some of you are still searching and um, I'd like to tell you you don't have to search anymore because as this podcast continues I will be dropping more information on this um, one of the lessons I learned later in life that I wish I'd learned sooner was the understanding of how money works not just the understanding of how it works but also the best and most healthy relationship we need to have with money and how that looks right what that looks like is key so that's two i just gave you the third one for me would be how much and how often we need to love and respect ourselves how much we need to love and respect ourselves who we are before we hang on to what others think of us as if that's the only thing that matters so those are the lessons that I've learned a little late um, for me the respect and loving myself when I got early so that's something that I don't hold on to but definitely the money and relationship with money um, was something that I wish I had learned and understood when I was a teenager because I promise you, if I had known and understood that back then, man, 
the empire I'm trying to build today would have existed 30 years back. And that's a fact. So what lesson did you learn too little too late um, that you wish you had learned earlier in life? Before we wrap things up, I got two more for you guys, right? Randomly speaking, what do I look forward to about getting older? I think the easy answer would be, you know, more time to reflect. But really what I'm looking forward to is the stories and the memories that I'll be able to tell my grandkids, the experiences that my kids are going to share with me that I probably already had gone through a million and one times. And to them, it'd be fresh and brand new and, you know, watching them go through it and making their mistakes and, you know, hopefully learning from them. I think that's what I'm looking forward to. Family. Definitely family. What that looks like, I have no idea. But I'm looking forward to that. Um, and last but least, what am I grateful for right now in this moment? I am grateful for the opportunity to be able to talk to you. The opportunity to be able to talk to you and everyone listening. The opportunity for my kids to walk in here while I'm recording this and ask me, Dada, what are you doing? I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to tell my story when I want, how I want, without any contingencies. I'm grateful for the opportunity that life has granted me. I am grateful for life. I'm grateful for my wife, for without her, a lot of things that I've accomplished would not be possible. I am grateful for having my family who inspire me. Miles, yeah. come here. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Miles. Miles, yeah. say hi. Hi. <laughs> What's your name? Hi, you. Yeah. Right? So that's my son right there. Um, so on that note, just an, an example of what I'm grateful for. Anything you want to say? Mm -hmm. What do you want to say? Now you're getting all shy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Yes, you can do that after. Listen, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Derek Asante podcast show, better known as Daps. It's recording. All right. Let me finish this one for you. Um, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the DAPS show. And uh, I love your time. Appreciate you. Love and respect. Tune in next time. And uh, hope to hear from you guys in the next episode. Love. Peace. Until next time.